Anime Nerd. Please subscribe to this podcast for weekly reviews on all of your favorite anime, manga, and games. See you soon! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, Anime Nerd. And as you guys can already see, I am pretty much super excited because I finally got a voice actor to do a little introduction for me. It may not be long, but it definitely gonna go a long way for me and everything I do because I'm just super excited that I finally got to do this and there's gonna be a lot more to come. Best to believe next thing, you know, I'm gonna have my own little beat in the background. I got a couple of my friends working on that. I'm gonna alternate between one and the other on the beat portion of it. Another thing is, you know, I got more and more, you know, I want more and more dialogue to this podcast. So I'm gonna try to make this podcast even better. But for right now, you guys already know what time of the week it is. It's my weekly manga review. Well, of course, you're going to have My Hero Academia, uh, Chapter 209, the start of the fifth round, finally. Hopefully, this is the final round. And Never... Oh, Never Promised Land. Promise Neverland, Jin and Hayato. So, please stay tuned for that and much, much more. All right. So, until then... Not even until then. I'll see you guys in just a few minutes. And we will begin this topic. So, talk to you guys later. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and right into my topic for today. So the first manga that I'm going to do the weekly review is Jin Hayato. Oh, Promise Neverland, Chapter 115, Jin Hayato. And I got I to admit, guys, this chapter is going to be pretty interesting. Well, next week's chapter is going to be pretty interesting for the most part. So if you guys remember, uh, Emma, Ray, and another guy ran into a group of kids who was about to be attacked by demons from the last chapter. So this chapter pretty much takes, well, it pretty much leaves off where they left off at from last week. So um, they ran over to see where that screen coming from and they noticed with people, Ray and the other guy automatically began shooting along with Emma shooting the demons and was able to take them out pretty much. Yeah, killing the demons. Just to show you, before back then, these demons that Emma and them encountered used to take them a while, but because of all that they've been through and everything, it don't, it's nothing for them to kill these uh, low-level demons that pretty much don't have any intelligence. All they know how to do is eat, so they're pretty much that's it. So it just shows how skilled everyone has gotten within this, what is it, two-year time skip? I don't even know how long it's been. All I know is they're showing pretty, they're pretty good at and what they're doing at that part. So, to keep it going, uh, once they killed the demon, Ray pointed the gun at one of the guys with the scarf around his head and told him don't move, and was asking him like, what are you doing there? As they move in closer and stuff like that. And then the guy with the bandana, uh, well, the scarf around his head, kind of like, been over uh, it was thanking him very much, pretty loudly too, it, it kind of start um, shocked Ray, Emma, and the other guy that was with him and was like, I was so scared. I thought I was going to, uh, to be dead by now. I thought I was going to be uh, be going to be eaten, going to get eaten. And it showed how scared the guy was and pretty much 
automatically you kind of think of him as like pretty harmless individual and then he started um thanking emma and then crying and then the guy that was with him was telling him to uh that's not how you thank people who saved our life and then for a comic relief i noticed they kind of made like the two of them was surprised to see human and then ray was like that's way too late for that kind of like a comic relief if you see how their their facial expression was um, they were like, we're so sorry. We've been rude to you guys again. And then uh, in a loud tone where Ray at this point had was trying to tell them to hush and quiet down because their noise can attract more demons. So Emma starts asking, so, you know, what are you guys doing out here? And that's when they introduced the name. So the guy with the mask, his name is uh, Jin. And the other guy with the scarf around his head, one, uh, his name is Hayato. So those who uh, introduced themselves um, and would say they was on a secret mission, well, a mission that their boss is working on there and they can't really explain the detail. But that's when Hayato realized that the people that they're talking about are the people from Gracefield escapees and they were sent to search for them. So it was pretty much saying they were sent to search for them and under William McNerver orders. And automatically with that, you know, Emma... And it was pretty, pretty shocked and like was pretty much saying, oh, these two are William McNerva, Nerva's, you know, allies or work for him. So the, so the two, Hayato and Jim were pretty much excited to know that they had managed to find Emma and her group and was pretty much explaining to them about how incredible and, you know, extremely smart and you know, like kind of godlike aura about William McNerva. And, and I'm not even gonna lie, so I'm still kind of on the fence about William McNerva. It's not that he's not a trustworthy guy, it's just everything about him seemed a little too perfect. But at the same time, he's doing all this work to save all these kids. There gotta be some good at least in him about with this guy. So I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm gonna still have that kind of like suspicion about him because he sounded a little too good to be true you know whenever something's too good to be true something is wrong with it but you never know so he pretty much uh Hayato and Jim was pretty much telling the group about everything and how uh William McNerva saved them um in only six months he crushed several farms and rescued hundreds of children and now leads them into this like secret hideout um for it, pretty much, so everybody was like getting all really excited about about like the whole idea about having a paradise and a place to sleep and not ever having to worry about anything. Um, of course, there people have that question like, how come it hasn't been found out by the Rowdy Clan and the demons? But um, the Jinns was saying up until this point we haven't been attacked by enemies we have powerful allies that are protecting and supporting us it is indeed a paradise for all and pretty much it was saying then the hiatus joining was saying that and more than anything if we have that person if we have the boss we're unbeatable so pretty much you can see clearly that these two truly trust and believe everything uh, that Jen, I'm oh, not Jen, but uh, William and Nerva do is, and Emma seemed to even believe it and trust it because she was in like a great awe about it. 
was like a paradise liberated. It really was Mr. Minerva. It's pretty much really that the message that they got was Mr. Minerva who told um, Lucas and Yama. Oh gosh, it's been a while since I used his name. Lucas and Fred, <laughs> Hugo, Lucas and Hugo, who pretty much um, that message. So anyway, so everybody got excited for the most part. Everything seemed pretty up to hill. They asked him how long would the trip be, and pretty much from the they were saying uh, if you meet at the Lion's Jaw, that it's pretty much a halfway point, and it's another two days walk towards it. So they are traveling. These kids are traveling. I can only imagine how fast they would have got there if they had their own cars and everything like that because the way these kids got some serious miles on them. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, but so they say in total it's pretty much three days about it. So everybody was pretty much excited about that, hearing that it only takes three days. Uh, so Emma began to check on Christy, who was um, was injured. And she started screaming his name and realized that his condition had gotten serious and pretty much that his pulse and breathing is his pulse is too fast or shallow and his breathing is shallow and he has a terrible fever that he might be having an infection. So the situation changed to the point now that Emma and company has to get to the point where they need to hurry up and save Christy before it's too late. But three days, he might not be able to make it. So that's when, that's when one of the new guys, and I believe it was Hayato. Yeah, Hayato came and told him, there's another way, don't give up. Um, Emma said, what is, tell me what is the other way? That pretty much they need to go to the plantation. That there's a long plantation where they can get the medicine from, they gotta steal it. So this is pretty much turning into Operation Steal Medicine. And it's like playing a video game where you have to sneak around and get it without getting caught. So the next chapter is gonna be more than likely, you know, sneaking into the plantation, chapter 116. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of nervous for them. Like, as long as it's like a two, three man covert and they bring like somebody bring their best people I think it will go good but at the same time part of me is like kind of a little bit skeptical about this whole evolution and how it's about to go down so we'll see though uh I hope for the best that's all I gotta say but anyway so stay tuned for my hero academia update uh, I'm gonna take a little quick break and I'll be back All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and end this podcast with a bang, of course, my favorite manga series so far right now, My Hero Academia. We're going to go over chapter 209, the start of the fifth round. So, as you know, Bakio and his crew managed to have the clean sweep with Team 1B crew with a 4-0, perfect clean sweep, typical Baku style of fashion and everything like that. Uh, Eraserhead was pretty much saying you guys move quickly and in succession to complete and they complement one another. Bakio, you demonstrate great agility and attack power, which also worked well with the other three. So pretty much Bakio slowly 
was the main guy on this match that clearly, clearly did what he had to do. It, although the other helped, they were great supporting role. None of them really truly stand out as the the head honcho other than Bakugo because let's be honest, only Bakugo is truly the real person who probably, you know, whereas probably the the key person anyway of that focusing on that. So he is the number one one student of one A anyway. Supposedly, I'm the, I'm gonna always say supposedly. I know Bakugo fans are probably like, "Yo, anime nerd, you suck. Stop taking shot at my boy." But look, let's be honest. We already know who's the true number one, and you go by the name of Deku. Like that's all I gotta say. I mean, Bakugo is like that rival that he can just keep up just enough, but Deku hasn't even went his true, true, true form, and he's still able to keep up with Bakugo. So. Anyway, anything like that. Uh, so, of course, Team 1B teacher Vlad, or whatever his name is, was kind of like sad and everything and disappointed at his team. And, he, and every team had the right to be disappointed and everything like that. So, Deku, oh, not Deku, but Bakio ran into All Might. And All Might was pretty much uh, was giving him praise. Talk about I was trembling in my seat, pretty much saying that. That fight was so good that it, that it had him pretty much shaking in his seat how good it was. And, you know, Bakugo being typical Bakugo set fashion was like, what the hell, you got a cold or something? Typical fashion for him. That's in his way. Pretty much telling all my thank you in a strange way of his. I never truly understand why he act that way. But he does have a hard time showing his emotion. And, of course, next up is Deku. Congratulating, you know, back ago, and he like get the hell away, you piece of crap. And as a little funny humor, he was like, "But I'm not even in your way, you know. It doesn't even matter. I don't care what y'all say." And Midoriya does a, and like Midoriya can be in and start eating a bowl of cereal. Back ago, be like, Midoriya, why are you eating the cereal like that? This dude will find any way to pretty much. You know, be mad at Midoriya. I and to this point, I, I I understand that out of the blue, Midoriya get power. But dude, like I don't see how you could be friends with somebody like that. And then I got to talk to the author about the so-called definition of friends because this ain't no definition of friends. If your friend always have to put you down or whatever he does, yeah, he can keep that. I don't need. I don't even need him as my friend. Anyway. Uh, so pretty much Bakugo told Deku, like, I'm progressing further than you. And Deku, of course, being the type of guy who was like, yeah, that's awesome, whatever. I'm moving so fast that you can't eat, keep up. And then Deku was like, no, I'll surpass you. But in a nonchalant way, which I already know he will. And then, of course, Bakugo didn't like that, telling him to shut up and whatnot and so forth. So, of course, getting, uh, you know, Midoriya is getting pretty, pretty hyped for the most part. And All Might came up behind him and was telling him, you got a good friend. And then it switched over to you know, Team 1B, famous trash soccer of Team 1B, uh, Minima dude. Like, this dude, to me, I don't know. His personal vendetta with Class 1A is so funny to me, it's not even funny. That pretty much both class is a 1-1, and I believe this should be the final, the final one. And it could be either winner or draw, everything like that. But 
for the fact of it, I think I see the series going with Midoriya and his crew winning. Just because, you know, I don't want them just, I don't think they're going to do my boy uh, Midoriya wrong like that and make him seem like he lose this fight all of a sudden because of some fluke or something like that. So I'm going with Midoriya for the win on this one. But, you know, so Minima were over there trying to calculate how, which one is the best one for, you know, the win and whatnot. And him in Class 1B was pretty much kind of like scouting and planning about how to do it. So in this one, though, if you guys remember Hitoshi Shinso, he's kind of like trying to become a trying to become a hero, but they don't know what class to put him in. So in the first round, I believe he played for Class 1A, but now this time he's going for 1B. So he's going up against Midori and so. And pretty much he was like, then we just needed the prize of Midoriya above all because pretty much Midoriya's up in the match and they realized how much of a threat he is. He said, I'll take care of Midoriya. He knows about my brainwashing, though. So pretty much I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in what they're going to come up with on how to handle Midoriya just because it's Midoriya. Come on. I, like, this guy is fast, powerful. And not only that, the thing about why One for All really works with him is he's pretty smart at it too, and he and he studies these heroes and even enemies to the point where I just feel like he'll be a better One for All um, user than All Might was, and that's the same. Probably not as naturally as strength, but probably with brains and so, I think he will be okay. Anyway. So yeah, 1B continues their talk about trying to figure it out and whatnot. So then they switch back over to 1A and you see Midoriya kind of like testing his ability. And then you got, you know, everybody's favorite pervert, uh, Minaru Minita over there talking about like, so since you is with them, right? I'm kind of nervous. Don't want that kind of, uh, don't want to get brainwashed, you know? He even as famous, you know. And then like, yeah. And then, okay. So then, Ochacho Yurika, I her name, they gotta come up with a better nickname for her. I, I really don't like her name. Anyway, she was like, we just have to try not to get caught in his grasp. The opposing team is compromised to remember who can attack, even if we can't see them with their naked eyes. So pretty much, they're at a disadvantage. One A is at a disadvantage. I ain't gonna lie, they did, I feel like they did Midoriya wrong. They ain't given really a good supporting cast. You got, you got, uh, Ochacha Yurika with her float. And then you got then you got Mina Acido and she got the acid. And then you got uh, Minaru Minita with with a uh, with stick bomb. Each of them, they're all alright, but they're not really attack worthy. Maybe the only person, yeah, honestly no. Probably Yurika uh, Ochacho is probably the only one who can probably hold her own if she pick up a heavy boulder because she can make it light and then swing it like it ain't nothing. And that could do some serious damage to them. Even though it's light for her, it's definitely going to hurt the person that she hits. So it could work both ways. Anyway, so... But everybody got and got the shirt because they were still at a disadvantage. And Midoriya came jump down and said, I'll be the scapegoat. And then that's when, you know, a shot... Acido was asking, how do you feel? You were saying your quirk was acting strange. And yeah, but then Midori was like, yeah, he'll be fine. We'll definitely win this. All motivated and hyped up and everything. Which I have a good, I have a strong feeling that he will. 
So we'll see what, what's going on with that. Anyway, so the match is about to start pretty much. And here are the matchup for um, for the group. So we have Team 1A, De- Deku, a.k.a. Midoriya, Achacha Yurika, Minaru, Minita, and Mina Asido against Team 1B, Hitoshi Sinicho, who got brainwashed, brain, who abilities brainwashed. Nieto Monoma, copy. You got Rico Yanage, Poltergeist, and Nan Neron Ki Shota, Twin Impact. I don't think I've seen most of these people in 1B ability just yet, but we'll see. They all seem pretty, that, that team seemed pretty legit, but we'll see how it all said and done. Wait, I feel like I'm missing one more person on now. One, two, three, four. Hmm. I probably said Team 1B name wrong, but I will definitely go back and clear that all up. Anyway, but anyway, so as the chapter goes on, All Might get a call from Gran Torino. Then you kind of switch back over to All for One, who's in jail. And he said, I'm not, it's not just a league of villains. This guy has tons of other followers still in the hiding. We must not let him slip and provoke him right now. And he said, oh, I'm sorry for the inconvenience you. You see such nostalgic feeling throughout within me. I hear the voice of my younger brother. And I'm trying to figure out what do one for all mean by that, that he hear the voice of his younger brother. Is his younger brother alive about to bust him out? Because I'm going to be honest, it was too all too easy for this. some mega superhero that's a class S. Is just chilling in a jail cell for that long. He's getting his behind out there. I'm going to tell you that right now. And the next song is about to start real soon after this one. So don't worry, guys. For those of you who ain't really feeling the joint, you know, training arc, it's about to come to an end. Because I ain't going to lie. I like it. But at the same time, I feel like this arc actually felt like a filler. And I never see it had an arc that felt like a filler during an or like during a manga. But that's exactly what this arc felt like. Don't get me wrong, I do enjoy seeing these characters develop, but at the same time you kinda see them kinda getting drawn out and any stuff like that. So but yeah. Anyway, that's it for right now. You know, appreciate you guys tuning into Anime Nerd and I will be posting some more videos later on this week. So talk to you guys later. Peace. <laughs>